Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. I'm Shari Reynolds. Thank you so much for joining me. I am going back through conference talks from October 2020 and I I decided that I want to review many of them and I'm going to try to over the next several days. And the one I want to share with you tonight or this morning whenever you listen to this is called Becoming Like Him by Elder Whiting. I believe it's Elder Whiting. My heart is so full. I have listened to this conference talk so many times and I encourage you to go back and hit play and just lay on the floor and let the conference talks words fill your room and just listen to them as they flow in through your mind and your heart. This one was so good. He says that it is what most of us do to choose the course of least resistance. So becoming like our savior is not easy. It takes some work. And I talked about that in my last podcast, well, one before last called Take a Nibble. Sometimes it just feels so overwhelming with everything we have going on. It's just too much to add one more thing to our day. So instead of choosing the easier course and just doing nothing, pick something. He says, what level of effort would we be willing to give to invite his miraculous power into our lives? so that we can change our very nature. What would we be willing to give? What would we be willing to give up is what I should say. Like I said, and and take a nibble in talking to my friend, she says, I am not going to buy soda on Sunday anymore. So that was her first step towards becoming more like him. He talks about, Elder Whiting talks about a young minister, Charles M. Sheldon. He expressed similar sentiments. Our Christianity loves its ease and comfort too well to take up anything so rough and heavy as a cross. That's an ouch. He says, if our definition of being a Christian is simply to enjoy the privileges of worship, be generous at no expense to ourselves, have a good, easy time surrounded by pleasant friends and by comfortable things, and at the same time, avoiding the world's greatest stress of sin and trouble because it is too much pain to bear. If this is our definition of Christianity, surely we are a long way from following in the steps of him who trod the way with groans and tears and sobs of anguish for a lost humanity who sweat, as it were, great drops of blood, who cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When I read that, it's the last course I want to take, the one of least resistance. In fact, all are under the directive, all of us, to become more like our Savior. 
And as we progress, we become more complete, more finished, more fully developed. And yet it is through this lens that should be lived, communities considered and relationships fostered, that if we truly seek out our savior, can you imagine all of the broken hearts, the broken relationships, our fractured society? If we truly seek out our savior, if we truly sought out the Prince of Peace, and chose to be a peacemaker ourselves, there would be so much mended. As we progress, sometimes we can feel exhaustion and the effects of striving to be like him. It is almost as though Satan turns up the heat and Elder Whiting talks about how he and his wife climbed one of the highest mountain peaks in the world. And they had prepared for this, but when they finally got to this time in their lives for this exciting adventure, they got to a point where they were just like, okay, I've got this one more step, one more step. And I'm sure that they wanted to give up but they kept going. And sometimes when I don't feel like putting in a workout, I say, okay, just one more minute. Okay, get to the 15. All right, two more minutes. Sometimes it's just taking it second minute step at a time. He says, mentally, it became important for us to focus on just the next step. And over time, the daunting task ultimately became achievable by taking one step at a time, taking one nibble at a time. So the first step on the path to becoming like our savior is to just simply to have a desire to do so. And to develop that desire, sometimes we need to ask our heavenly father to even have that desire. Sometimes we just don't want to give up the sin because we've enjoyed it too much. We must know something of our Savior's character in order for us to even have a desire to look to Him. So in Preach My Gospel, when I was Laurel Advisor, I did for several weeks a focus on this and I had each of the girls choose an attribute that they wanted to work on and they each had a journal and they wrote down some of the things that they were trying to do and trying to change to acquire that attribute and sometimes we look at that list of attributes and you think I have to work on all of these. Okay, yes, maybe so, but sometimes we are really hard on ourselves. We probably possess more than half of those attributes, but the way that we are anymore, we are so hard on ourselves. But our Savior can help us select what needs to truly be worked on. 
Elder Whiting says if we are honest with ourselves, the light of Christ within us whispers that there is distance between where we are in comparison with the desired character of the Savior. Such honesty is vital if we are to progress in becoming like him. So seeking out our Father in heaven and asking him for help because he has a perfect view of us and will lovingly show us our weakness. And so taking a look at the end of the chapter, I believe it's chapter six, I'm not sure, but it's in, it's in Preach My Gospel. And there's a whole list of all the attributes. It's a little workbook page. Russell M. Nelson lovingly taught, when we choose to repent, we choose to change. We allow the Savior to transform us into the best version of ourselves. We choose to grow spiritually and receive joy, the joy of redemption in Him. When we choose to repent, we choose to become more like Jesus Christ. Just in the very fact that we are choosing the smallest thing in our life to rid ourselves of or to do better at is choosing to become like Him. And don't you think that if, for example, you are trying really hard to be more honest in all of your dealings, that naturally you will gain another attribute of more love and humility because you feel better about yourself, that you can now extend that love and humility because you have gained a greater confidence because you've you've now decided to be an honest person in all that you are that all you are doing in your life. So by changing these simple things, you feel better about who you are. By focusing deeply on one needed attribute, as you progress in obtaining that attribute, other attributes begin to accrue to you. Just like I said in Take a Nibble, it begins as small as a snowball. And as you roll it in the snow, it begins to become just a a large base for a jolly snowman. And in some instances, those snowballs, if they get round up too much, they can roll down a hill and cause a huge avalanche. I mean, it makes a difference. One tiny snowflake, one tiny snowball, and rolling that, there's a huge amount that is accomplished. Can you focus on something such as charity and an increase in love and humility? And then all of a sudden now, you are filled with the desire for righteousness and obedience with greater diligence and hope. So there was a family that had a son that was being bullied. And I know whenever I've experienced my children being bullied, I I seek out help from the school and the principal and it's going to the teacher and having a conference with the parents and trying to figure out the source of why they're bullying each other, you know, or or whatever the case might be. In this case, things reached uh, reached ahead at school with their son and some of the issues he'd been having. He didn't seem to have even one new friend in his class. 
and today someone called him out in front of the class and, and told him to just leave. So he did. This is what the father has written. When he came back a few minutes later, two boys whispered they'd given each other fist bumps and he left. Because when he left, they were so glad. He went to the office to take a break and called their dad. The father says, when I have an 11 year old son who comes home every single day saying everyone hates him and he wishes he were there, here not meaning school, but even alive, then we have a huge problem. Now you can either go down and talk to the class and the teacher and the parents and demand the kindness. But in this one particular situation, the parents had their son write down the name of every single young man or young woman in their in his class that that had bullied him. And then he had him right next to the side of their name. What is a problem that they might be having in their own life that they feel like they need to be unkind in the way that they are? So they put all of their energy and focus into teaching their son about what it really means to pray for someone. To pray for those who are despitefully using him and persecuting him. And as he wrote down each of their names and wrote down possible problems, the parents then had him pray for each one of those kids, name by name. And ask Heavenly Father that whatever trials or hardships that that person was facing, that Heavenly Father would bless them and help make life easier for them. The parents said that at first they didn't want to, and he began to cry, and he sobbed. And then he finally began to pray. And yet he sobbed through the entire prayer where he named each name individually and asked each time for their trials or for their family's trials to be made easier. And at the end of the prayer, he asked that each of them remember that they were sons and daughters of Heavenly Father and that he gave them their own unique trials because he knew that they could handle them. And he asked for them to be happy. The father who writes this said that this was one of the most incredible moving spiritual experiences of his life. Now, I don't know the end of the story and and how the bullying, if it has gotten resolved. But this was just a wonderful story that I had read on a post on Facebook. And I don't know these people personally, but this is a personal account and I wanted to share it with you. This family is truly teaching their son to be more like our Savior. And this was a wonderful example for me. So I encourage you to to go back and listen to the conference talks from October 2020. Truly amazing. Truly amazing for our time. And... What is an attribute that you can work on today? I'm going to open up, preach my gospel. I'm going to choose an attribute and work on that. And 
I would love to hear from you if whatever you're working on is helping to improve your life. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Coaching Chaos, and may you share this with somebody else that needs help in drawing closer to our Savior. And just remember, it just takes one nibble at it, one piece at a time. And wherever you are in this journey, I know I know that Heavenly Father sees you and he loves you for all the effort that you give. Thank you so much for joining me and we'll see you next time. I'm Shari Reynolds and this is Coaching Chaos. Thank you.